Hello, this is Confabulation and I am Beverly Thomas. My pronouns are she and her. Joining me today is David. And David, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is David. I'm the legal advocate at our sister's house and my pronouns are he and him. And we are from Our Sister's House, a domestic violence organization that provides advocacy and education for victims and survivors of domestic violence. If you or anyone that you know is experiencing domestic violence, you can call our hotline at 253-383-4275 or visit our website at OurSister'sHouse.com. And an announcement for today is our sister's house will be partnering with Me Central this year for, for our annual all-a-day event. Listen and watch out on our social media platforms for more details. Today, our topic is grooming and abuse. So what is grooming? According to National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, grooming is when someone builds a relationship, trust, and emotional connection with a child or young person so they can manipulate, exploit, and abuse them. Number two, a groomer can be anybody, no matter their age, gender, or race. Grooming can take place over a short period or a long period of time, from weeks to years. Groomers may also build a relationship with the young person's family or friends to make them seem trustworthy or authoritative. Yeah, and, and to that point, um, I have worked with CSE, Sexual um, Trafficking and Exploitation, um, and when I was doing one of the trainings, there was actually a topic where we spoke about, um, you know, uh, to my surprise that they even, you know, one way they get young boys um, by grooming them, they do it online through the online chats or, um, you know, just building trust by, you know, playing a video game like Rainbow Six Siege. And this is not to say that all video games are bad, but it's, you know, <laughs> just to be aware that these things are happening and it is important, you know, who your child, you know, speaks to and it, it, no matter what their gender is, um, yeah, people will try to exploit that, you know, through those avenues of trust, you know, I can trust this person because they're my teammate on Rainbow Six Siege. They're, I can trust this person because um, they're really good at this game and they're funny or whatever. Um, so, you know, I can trust this person. Um, and oftentimes they take um, advantage of somewhere that the child is lacking support in the family. Doesn't mean that they don't have a good family, but there might be something lacking in the family and some type of support that, you know, that the parents or uh, brothers or sisters or somebody in the family isn't giving to the child or feels like isn't giving to the child and they exploit those um, through those avenues. And that's how they get, you know, some of the kids, especially on these video games that are, you know, sometimes not regulated when it comes to who they talk to or who they interact with. Right, David. And um, sometimes, you know, um, well, groomers seek out relationships with children and young people. And to your point, um, 
you know, that young person is um, often more vulnerable. So once um, the perpetrator singles out their victim, they give them special attention. So, you know, I'm gonna step away just for a few minutes from these statistics and I'm gonna give you, uh, um, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna talk about a reality, a real life experience. So, you know, I can remember I was six years old and I will not to protect the person because I don't think that's important, but it was a family member. So um, what he started off doing was tickling me. And, you know, little kids like to laugh, right? So he always tickled and I noticed, well, I look back at it now and I look back at it when I got older, he always had uh, me or my female cousins or siblings on his lap and bouncing you around and, you know, you're laughing and, oh, here comes so-and-so and he makes me laugh. But he gained our confidence, our, he gained our trust. And he was um, actually a, um, a pervert. And so he was um, crossing boundaries, but rewarding, like rewarding with candy or stuffed animals or things that little, little people like. So, um, and back then, you know, all you were taught was um, no one's supposed to do this or touch or do that, but um, they didn't tell you it could come from a, a relative. So um, just talking about that and thinking about that, um, the vulnerability is especially in small children. And so, um, you know, once they gain your trust, and form a bond with you. They cross all kinds of boundaries and, and um, swear you to secrecy because we thought it was a game. But anyway, um, when, when they did that, when you look at the, um, when I'm looking at the points, it says that doing this, it allows um, the groomer to test boundaries of their victim. And um, it allows them to know how far they can go and manipulate and how far they can co coerce you. Um, testing boundaries can look like telling inappropriate jokes or playing sexualized and invasive games like uh, pantsing, uh, truth or dare or strip games. And this is usually done in private and groomers will see how their victims react to them so that um, they're testing their waters is what they're doing. And um, um, they can see um, if they can continue what they're doing without getting caught. Yeah, and I, I I thank you, Beverly, for your transparency about that. I know that that was a long time ago, but you know, I thank you for you know being open about that and sharing it with um, you know our viewers and listeners. Um, that you know, uh, even if it happened way a long time ago, you know, it might be something that you need to address or you know speak up about. And oftentimes, you know, when we think about the movies or we think about the commercials, it's always somebody 
you know, some far distant stranger person that you need to worry about. Oftentimes, sadly, it is a family member, like, you know, Beverly said, um, it oftentimes is a family member. Sometimes, you know, somebody that you, you know, should be able to trust, but um, it's really important when it comes to any abuse, oftentimes those boundaries are blurred. Um, oftentimes those boundaries are tested. So it's really important, you know, um, you know, I'm not telling anybody how to raise their children. I don't got any children yet, but, uh, <laughs> but it's really important to have boundaries with your children in any type of relationship and stick to those boundaries. Um, and it's important for your children to have boundaries, even if they're very young, it's important that, you know, that they have those boundaries and it's okay to have boundaries with your parents. It's okay to have boundaries, you know, with the friends, if they don't want to hug somebody, Hey, maybe they shouldn't hug that person. Even if the person's nice, you know, you know, you, people need to respect those boundaries. And if, and if this person is a good person, if this person is what they say they are, they will respect those boundaries. And, and it's oftentimes, you know, that we need to even make boundaries, set boundaries with our clients. It's, we got to set boundaries with coworkers. You know, sometimes you got to, even with, you know, superiors, hey, there's certain lines that you can't cross. And, and those are relationships that you can build on. Those relationships that have those boundaries and respect your boundaries, those relationships, you can actually go somewhere because you know you can trust that person that they're not going to cross those boundaries. Mm -hmm really important, even in a marriage, even in a marriage. Okay, David, right. And, you know, groomers tend to use intimidation to keep their victims from telling someone else about the abusive behavior. And again, they test the victim's reactions and trying to see how they will react to being blamed for something super simple, like they tell them who's going to believe you, or it continues, this continues until the victim would feel guilty or scared that reaching out to a trusted person who can help no longer crosses their, um, crosses their mind. So, you know, as I read this, it's, it's just like, I'm just reading this, but in my mind, the reality is coming out, the, intimid the intimidation, and it was a fact, like, who's going to believe you? Nobody's going to believe you. And that person puts, the groomer tries to put it in the child's mind that you're a child. No one's going to believe what you're saying over over what I'm saying as the adult, you know, and... um. So it is important that as parents or guardians that we or you learn how to teach and educate your child or young person about grooming and teaching them about what part at a young age, what parts of their bodies are private, using the appropriate terminology, all that Google Gaga and um no, really. You know, we try to find little cute terms. No, you need to use the real terminology and teach them at a young age 
so that it's not a game to them and that they know the importance of protecting their boundaries. And um, kids need to be taught that their private parts should not be a topic of discussion or seen unless it's in the context of things like a doctor's visit. And like you alluded to earlier in your conversation, David, doesn't matter if it's the parent. Even in a marriage, boundaries need to be taught and they need to be respected and they need to be kept. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, thank you for reiterating that. Those were really good points. I would also say that, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it's sometimes our job to also, you know, reassess ourselves because sometimes that's hard. Um, you know, sometimes when kids you are like, oh, I don't got to listen to them. They're a little kid or whatever. Mm -hmm. And even my wife had to correct me on my little niece. Like I would, you know, she say, stop and we're playing. But I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, a little play. You know, if they say stop, you know, take it as that. Or if they don't want to hug, take it as that. Um, you don't, you know, even if you have good intentions, you know, I, I think that is really important, even if you're playing around and, and you have good intentions and there's nothing, whatever, you need to also respect when the kid's like, you know, okay, stop, that, that's enough, you know, and, and it's okay to, you know, be told that, you know, because sometimes, hey, we need to check ourselves, even though we're, we don't have bad intentions, we don't want somebody that does have bad intentions, you know, that thinking that when I say stop, it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. We want them, you know, we want to spec our, you know, respect our children, our, you know, nieces or whoever or spouses, you know, boundaries. It's really important. It is. And, you know, parents or guardians or whatever and teaching children, you need to teach them about red flags, you know, with groomers. You need to teach them what red flags to look for. You need to teach them verbiage, uh, language, things to listen for and share some phrases that groomers may um, use. And it's worthwhile educating oneself when you have children or you, in your case, you don't have children, but you have nieces, you have nephews, little, little people, and even teenagers, you know, um, make a list of trusted adults that you know well um, that can support the child if they need to tell someone about a potential groomer need to be able to gain the trust of that child so they even when a person tells them no one's going to believe you or this is a game let's not tell anyone that's a red flag right there for an adult telling a child don't tell anyone you know, and um, children need to understand if they are being violated, that it is never their fault, yeah. ever, you yeah. know, ever, right? So we need to, that needs to be emphasized to the child. And it also needs to be emphasized that I, I support you. If you come to me and you tell me, I support you. So, like you said, David, when a child is saying stop, you, you need to listen because they're actually or obviously if a child is saying stop or whatever, there's some boundaries being crossed or, or you've 
or they're pushed to a point of uncomfortability, even if it's nothing that's going, even if there's nothing going on sexual or, or uh, deviant, if a child says, I don't want to be tickled, stop, then stop, right? So I don't know. I, I think uh, some things, uh, again, to look at is uh, teaching the red flags. And um, there's a difference between a friend telling a child an embarrassing story and keeping it a secret than someone violating boundaries and making them uncomfortable and keeping it a secret. So... Yeah, and, and that bleeds into, you know, I'm not going to go fully into it, but that bleeds into having healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. A good sign of a healthy relationship is having, you know, set boundaries and that person will not cross them. You know that you can trust that person. Hey, you know, if you bring it up, they'll be like, all right, uh, I'm not doing that again. Or, you know, thank you for bringing that up. And, and that line is never crossed again, you know, so right. that's, you know, very important um, setting those boundaries and then respecting those boundaries. And again, when it comes to, you know, specifically a child and, and adult relationship, we also, you know, even if we're adults and we do know more, you know, oftentimes um, it's important to, you know, also check yourself and be like, hey, you know, this person, this child is telling me something. Um, it's it's important to believe them. It's important to, you know, hate and, and let them set boundaries for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here's something that is interesting from the Chicago Tribune. And um, I'm just going to read just a little bit of this. It says, how does this affect grooming? How does this affect the Black community? And it says Black girls are sexualized from a young age, sometimes (laughs) even before they are born. Oftentimes in the Black community, Black girls are policed and blamed for the way that others view them. We are, we, we are already viewed as promiscuous, so when grooming happens, it can, be, it can easily be brushed off as, oh, she wanted an older man, or she probably is using him for something, things like that. And in reality, Black girls are vulnerable to grooming because groomers know that they can get away with grooming a Black girl because of our reputation and how we can be treated by our community. I think that's so interesting because as a, as a child, um, um, so I, I'm just going to say it, um, my parents trusted their tax, the guy that did their taxes for their business. And so as kids, we had to take our, um, you know, drop the package over um, of tax, the tax papers to uh, their tax guy. And um, he always touched inappropriately, but would be like, oops, I didn't mean to do that. But, you know, as a kid, you're not thinking of that, like, eight, nine years old, 10. And I, I came from a very small uh, community. And um, so, yeah, 
unfortunately, the parents were trusting of, of white folks and, uh, and, you know, and they were the ones that really were doing it. And that's what this is saying, because the groomer is like looking at the little black girls and, um, it's like, oh, she's a little black girl. And what they said, I can remember in my head is when they were talking about little girls, oh, she's a fast tail and she's this and she's that. But so they didn't believe the cousins when they were saying or believe us when we were saying, Mr. So-and-so keeps doing this and that when I go and oh, you know, he doesn't mean anything, but yeah. They did mean it, you know, and they were doing it. And so I think back when we were, uh, when we did a, a segment with trafficking, and I remember that one of the questions asked was, why do policemen traffic young Black girls when they have daughters? And they said they go after young ladies that don't look anything like their daughters. So it's brown and black girls. So I just thought that that was interesting and I can attest to the fact that because of the way society looks at um, young black girls and the way they were depicted, I don't know anything about outside of my community. I do know within my community, it happened a lot. And it was because of how the parents were and, and that saying, um, what goes on in the house stays in the house. And sometimes they knew, they knew when that it was coming from a family member, they knew, but they didn't, um, call that that um, behavior out. So I look at this today and there's more awareness and more education. And I just prompt and hope that parents listen to their children and that they can hear them. And I'd like to think that kids are not just making up something against an adult and that you would listen and um, err on the side of caution. Yeah, and uh, even if um, the parents um, are not even, you know, the ones doing, you know, these uh, grooming things to their children, um, oftentimes if they don't believe them, it's, you know, another abusive relationship, you know, because they look up to the parents, they look up to the guardian, to support them and they're getting no help and there's obvious and you know just because of that they're in opposition of the child so you're just supporting the other person and you're empowering um the parent not your but you know the parent or whoever in the situation is empowering you know the abuser when they don't believe their child exactly um, so it makes the child feel more helpless so um, again, it is very important to believe when a child says something to validate them. Exactly, David. And, you know, one last point is how do we relate grooming to um, DV 
or um, how does it affect survivors? Groomers have the intention of exploiting their victims, which is abuse, no doubt. And you don't have to be a child or even a young person to experience grooming. It can happen to anyone. It's about power and control. This goes for survivors as well. Especially if a groomer knows you are a survivor, they might attempt to be even more strategic in how they groom you. So just be aware. And if you are worried, don't forget that you can always go to someone that you trust, that you can give, that can give you insight, advice, or support, or just a listening ear, but never shrug it off because Probably if you think that your boundaries are being crossed, more than likely, they are. I think this was a good segment, David. And I just want to close with the short reminder that, again, we are our sister's house. And we advocate for domestic violence survivors and victims. If you suspect or know someone or suspect some that someone is being um, abused, contact our sister's house at 253-383-4275 or go to our website and check us out at oursistershouse.com. And remember, check out our website and listen up and watch out for more details on our holiday event coming up. Thanks for joining us at Confabulation and have a good weekend. Peace. A note from the producer. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And if you find the conversations held here on Confabulation interesting, please make sure to give us a follow on whatever podcast streaming platform you're tuning in on or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also feel free to expand on these conversations and our comment section below the YouTube videos posted on our channel. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.